every season for Where Should We Begin, I receive thousands of applicants. And one of the most frustrating things is that I'm only going to be able to see 10 couples. And I've been grappling with this. How can I connect with more of you? There are so many powerful questions, so many pain points that I would like to be able to at least address with you, even if shortly. So this series is going to be different. It's you calling me with a very precise question, with your pain point, me calling you back, and together we think out loud. And we go from where should we begin to where can you start? Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary, and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Esther. I am speaking to you from Buenos Aires, Argentina, and South America. Um, I am divorced. I'm 48 years old, and I early this year in January, I met a wonderful man who is 59, a widower. The thing is that his wife passed away about four years ago, and neither he nor his daughters, I think, have dealt with a lot of the stuff that belonged to her and I and I find that a little spooky and it, it disturbs me. How do you manage this in a caring and sensitive way and, and at the same time in a, in a way that is intelligent and um, practical? Hello. Hi. Hi, hi. It's Esther. Oh, Esther, that's your voice. That is me. <laughs> hello, <Thank> hello. <laughs> salut. Salut, salut. <laughs> en français, <laughs> en anglais, en espagnol. <laughs> C'est comme vous voulez. No, in English. It will do it in English. If okay, it's comf perfect. Are you comfortable doing it in English? Yes, I'm fine. Thank you. Great, great. Um, ask your question. Um... I've recently met a wonderful man. I'm spending more than half of the week um, at his place. 
after about 15 years of living on my own. And since we've been talking about the possibility of um, moving in together, we were very happy about the prospect of living together. I had a, a talk with him recently. I was very direct and I said, this makes me uncomfortable. I don't know what to do about photographs and objects. And if I moved in with you, I wouldn't want um, such a heavy presence of the past. And his response was? Um, he was moved and also uncomfortable, but he didn't respond in an action-oriented way, say, okay, um, I'll do this or that, or why don't we, uh, or perhaps in give me some time and I will. So I didn't hear any of that. Um, he said he understood. And um, it's been four years since his wife passed, and I, and I think there's still a great deal of um, attachment Mm-hmm. Yes, why shouldn't there be? Um, and are there other people in the house? Um, no, his youngest um, daughter, who's in her early 30s, um, moved out of the house about a year ago to live with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you wonder if he has mourned the death of his wife in such a way that there is room in his heart, in his life for you? Or do you wonder what will be the slow transition by which I started with one evening here and there, it's become half the week, and at some point I must get a drawer and I'll start to put my stuff in there and I'll have a shelf in the bathroom. And then slowly, if we talk about moving in, the closets will have to be cleared and that will be a major ritual of transition for him. But my question to you is, is it pictures? Is it remnants, memories about her? Or is it all her clothes are in the closets as if she's about to come home any minute? I wouldn't say the house is a shrine. Um, there are two levels. And so on the, the first floor, there's a photo at the entrance. And then there's a, there are some photos in the bedroom. Um, and then on the upstairs level, there are some things that are packed away and you wouldn't see them unless you opened a closet or a box. But there are some clothing items that are out in the open and that is, it makes me quite uncomfortable and um, even mentioning that to him and, and I did try to speak with um sensitivity mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and yeah. I, I try to be delicate about yeah. it but at the same time I notice my own reaction is is of great discomfort and the discomfort is what tell me what what is the <sighs> thing inside of you that you wouldn't necessarily say to him but it's what will I reach that level will I be loved like that mm -hmm. will I Am I enough? You know, there's, I know that under this, there are many questions about yeah. you. my own yes. <laughs> worthiness, my own worthiness. And in, in occupying a space, it's also, it's very symbolic of occupying a space in someone else's heart as well, I think. Did you say that to him? I, I did 
talk about me um, because when I I said that I had had a similar experience in some way when I moved in with my husband, my ex-husband, when I moved into a home that was already decorated and and in that home there was not enough space for me. And then I got divorced. And in this home, we have made space for for me, for some of my clothes. And I, I brought a lot of stuff for the kitchen because we love to cook together. So there are some really positive steps, I think, that we've already taken together. But what I just told you about room in his heart, I hadn't, I just realized you know, saying it to you, and it's wonderful, and I think he would really appreciate hearing that. It's a different conversation. It's a conversation totally. in which you're not talking about the items, but you, mm. and it's to, you know, anyone who meets someone who has had a deep love and a loss that they didn't choose, at some point may feel sometimes, will I ever be loved like this? These are very normal questions, you know, will oh, I compete yes. with this woman forever? Um, you know, is the first one always the, the last one at some level? Um, what is the love that he has for me and how different is it from the way he loved her? And then your own questions about yourself. Am I lovable? Am I lovable enough? Can I be enough? All these questions that many of us live with uh, because love mm. is super vulnerable and terrifying. And if you actually don't talk about the clothes and the items and the pictures and anything, you just simply talk about what it feels like to be a woman who comes after a deeply beloved woman who died. I have that. And you talk about you, then you give him the opportunity to reassure you, to tell you whatever he feels, to, you know, to tell you you're the first person who's actually been in this room since, or you're the first one who's actually been here as much as you've been here. I never have thought about starting all over since, but since I met you, uh, it's different. Don't, you know, there is room in my heart for two, et cetera, et cetera. You sound like you've been the fly on the wall in this home because those are the things, more or less, word by word, that he has told me. He's he's incredibly sweet and, and very sensitive for a man in this culture where I live. I mean, he's very open and sensitive, and um, he does communicate quite well and openly. And so he did say all of that. And I am I am the first woman in about four years that has slept in this house and stayed here and that he has introduced to his family. So it, I, I know that I am important to him. I do. I know that you are important to him. I don't know that you feel important enough. Mm. <laughs> That's a different, you see, it, it, the interesting thing is that one way to be sure to feel chosen and to feel wanted is to be in the circumstances that you're in. And it's about believing him. He's doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you know, you can always say, uh, of course you want pictures of her, but maybe not next to our bed. Um, at some point it becomes a new bed, you know, uh, for a new, uh, or for a new relationship. But this is not the piece. The piece is really, Getting, how many months has it been? 
Um, we met in early January. Okay. So that's not long at all. And as you are getting more intimate with him, and as you're feeling more open and more vulnerable, you are, your fears are coming back. The fears that you didn't allow much in for the past 15 years that you lived on your own. And that's the piece. Yeah, the piece is not him and his ex and his previous wife, etc. It's really the focus is you're getting deeper involved with him and some of those fears about how lovable am I? How sustainable is it? Am I enough? Can I capture somebody's attention for as much as I want, etc.? Those are coming back up. And they could come up regardless of the of the deceased wife. <laughs> they have to do with the degree to which you're feeling more and more intimate with him and you develop a deeper relationship. They don't have to do with the fact that there was another person before you. But that just adds something to the plot. <laughs> right. And it's a normal feeling, by the way. It's the development of the trajectory of a heart that opens up. And for that matter, he may have some of the same fears and vulnerabilities and worries because I think that they kind of come when we fall in love. Because they open us up, right? Yes, of course. Mm. Of course, of course. <laughs> also, what's coming up for me, Esther, is am I able to build a home with him, a different home? He was married for many years mm -hmm. and I wasn't, so I feel like I'm less experienced, um, although I'm in my late 40s. So that's also some big piece of my self-doubt, I think. Now that I'm talking this over with you, more and more is kind of opening up and I, I feel perhaps it's also about homemaking and nesting. So and how are you doing in the kitchen? We are a great team in the kitchen. Okay, it's the same metaphor. What is happening in mm. the kitchen will expand to other rooms. He's not interested necessarily in having an extension of the life he had before. Mm. He is rediscovering, you know, once you have loved deeply, you can love again. And you're that person. And it's moving at a beautiful pace. Mm -hmm. he doesn't have to respond to you immediately after your conversation. He just heard you. But but you do need to go back to him, switching the lens. The lens has to move from him and the presence of the wife in the house to you and what you're feeling as you're getting more and more attached to him. He would he would really appreciate that. And I, I could I could imagine him even tearing up if I spoke from the heart, from my own perspective. I'm, he would appreciate that. That's it. That's mm. your uh, starting point. <sighs> mm -hmm. Thank you. The turning point is what's underneath the items. And underneath the items is my vulnerability. And once you bring him into that, he will, you know, you will have a different conversation. Thank you. Okay. Thanks Thank a lot. Yes. Bye. Oh, bye I appreciate bye. you Good so luck. much. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Bye. 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 
so I'm looking for many ways to stay connected with you. As I continue to help you develop greater confidence and competence in your relationships. This time, it comes in the form of a game. Where should we begin? A game of stories is a game that helps you connect and reconnect, deal with the social atrophy that so many of us have experienced, and unlock the storyteller within. So gather your partner, your friends, or your date. Grab a seat, pull a card, and be my guest in sharing the stories that you rarely tell. Let's play along. estherperel.com slash the game. Support for Where Should We Begin comes from Masterclass. Masterclass offers classes from over 180 world-class instructors. Frank Gehry can teach you about his unconventional approach to design and architecture. Margaret Atwood can help you develop your eye for story. Or you can take my own course. My class is about relational intelligence, how you connect with others, how you improve your communication skills, develop more empathy, build better boundaries, and find clearer resolution for conflict. Right now, you will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash begin. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash begin. Masterclass.com slash begin. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.